0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 21st, 2018. My name is Phil rosman I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Happy to be with you here on a Wednesday. We're going to talk all about this disaster of a game as the Orlando Magic fall to the Toronto Raptors by the score of... God, I have the fourth quarter box score open. 93-86 to over at the Amway Center. We'll have a complete recap of that game. Talk a little bit about the offensive struggles as well on today's show. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And if you are not already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And I have to get this mention in. Be sure to check out The next episode of Locked On NBA, or Thursday's episode of Locked On NBA, actually, you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, as well as Spotify. Uh, On that episode of Locked On NBA, you will hear an exclusive interview with David Locke and NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. Should be a fantastic interview. I'm looking forward to listening to the whole thing. I've heard little snippets here and there. Played one for you on yesterday's show just to preview what was to come. Be sure to check that episode out. Be sure to check out that interview and that discussion between uh, Locked On NBA as well, as Locked On NBA and the Commissioner of the NBA. I think we can all agree Adam Silver has done a pretty good job as the NBA's Commissioner. A lot of ideas he's had uh, keeping the NBA on the cutting edge and and doing great things. For the league, always good to hear his thoughts on the big issues. And I know David asked him some fantastic questions. But let's dive right into this game. The Orlando Magic taking on the Toronto Raptors, the best team in the Eastern Conference. A late scratch was DeMar DeRozan. The Magic got Aaron Gordon back. They actually played and started Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac together. Woohoo! That was something that we have been looking forward to for a very, very long time in a Magic uniform, and we'll talk a lot more about how they did specifically and and what the hopes are for them uh, moving forward uh, on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. Uh, Just talked a little bit about that, uh, what the potential of that group could be on on Monday's episode of Locked on Magic, so you can go back in the archives and listen to that. Um, But we saw them work together and play really, really well together, and not only did they play well together, it seemed to bring the whole defense and the whole intensity of the team up, and Orlando really played a fantastic three-quarters of basketball against the Orlando Magic. I said three-quarters because that fourth quarter is going to come up. But Orlando took an eight-point lead into the fourth quarter, They played some fantastic basketball. They were moving the ball well, making shots at a decent enough clip. Their second unit, of course, struggled a little bit because they don't have any creation on that second unit. Uh, And their defense was fantastic with Jonathan Isaac scoring deflections and blocks and steals and Nikola Vucevic getting steals and and just the magic just flying around. They were giving up some open shots and Toronto wasn't particularly sharp on either end. But you got to give Orlando credit for taking advantage of that and taking the lead. And this, this felt like a game where... You know, you're winning the way you want to win. You're winning with with the guys that you care about contributing the most and doing what they need to do to get you the victory. Unfortunately, a win was not in the cards on Tuesday night. Orlando goes into the fourth quarter and scores just 10 points. They missed their first 11 shots of the fourth quarter. They don't score a field goal. They do not record a field goal until seven and a half minutes had passed. And against a team like the Toronto Raptors, one of the best offensive teams in the league, and if there is a a tiny silver lining to this game, it's that Orlando held Toronto under 100 points, which is a rare feat against the Raptors. But against an offensive team like the Raptors, that's not going to get the job done. Toronto outscores Orlando 25-10 in the fourth quarter. They get eight points from Dellen Wright in the fourth quarter. Kyle Lowry with six points. Orlando's eight-point lead turned into a four-point deficit while they scored only two points in the first, again, seven and a half minutes before they got a field goal from Nikola Vucevic. And the Magic found themselves down and scrambling and unable to get back up. Orlando shoots only 3-for-19 from the floor in the fourth quarter. Shelvin Mack one for 6 from the floor. Aaron Gordon missed all four of his baskets, all four of them three-pointers. The offense became stagnant. The defense became disconnected, disjointed. They weren't able to get the deflections and stops, although they did a good job keeping themselves in the game despite their poor shooting to start the fourth quarter. Eventually, Toronto just overwhelmed them, and eventually uh, there was this one possession where the Raptors got uh, two or three offensive rebounds, and it ended with a Kyle Lowry three-pointer that iced the game away and just took took just all the air out of the Magic's balloon whatever was left in it and and that was that was that for the game Definitely a disappointing way to end. Um, you know, I'm, I'm currently in this Twitter battle with fans uh, who just are dead set on tanking and just get frustrated and yell at me whenever the Magic are winning. And, and, and I say this again and again and again and again and again, and it's been my philosophy throughout this rebuild. I recognize this Magic team is not good. They're going to get a good draft pick. They're going to be, and we're going to be talking about ping pong balls for the rest of the year. But when you have the chance to win, you need to win. And up eight, heading into the fourth quarter, you need to win the basketball game. Up eight at home, heading into the fourth quarter, you need to win the basketball game. Now, if another team just gets unnecessarily hot and you're playing good defense and 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 whatever, that's fine. But to shoot three for 19 from the floor, to just completely collapse... This is not an acceptable loss. There's no acceptable loss, but this is not acceptable in any way. Things have got to change with this franchise and with this organization. And losses like this need to change. This is the stuff that can't happen. You can't play as well as the Magic did for three quarters and just no-show the fourth. As I'm going to note later on in the show, the Magic's offense has just simply disappeared. And while it didn't disappear until the fourth quarter in this game, the fact of the matter is the Magic have failed to score 90 points in five of their last seven games. And even adding back Aaron Gordon didn't change it. Now the Magic didn't have Jonathan Simmons, maybe that matters. Yes, the Magic's second unit is abysmal. They're running out of lineup. Of Wessa Wundu, Mario Azonia, Shelvin Mack, Bismack Biambo. And either Jonathan Isaac or Ken Burch, depending on how everyone's feeling. That's not going to get the job done. There's just no creation. There's no shooting. It's just not an effective offensive lineup. And, and we're seeing that because Shelvin Mack is getting a lot, of, uh, a lot of kind of alpha minutes. And, you know, that's fine. But the starters came in and they couldn't get shots to fall either. They succumbed to the same kind of stagnant basketball that just made, that, that just put the magic in a hole, in a hole that they could not get out of in any way, shape, or form. This is stuff that's got to change, of course. And, and there were positives to take from this game. It wasn't just a negative. And then the big positive, of course, is how well Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac played together and how well the defense played with them in the game. I haven't looked at the lineup data yet, but I imagine it, it bodes well for Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac that they played together. I would imagine that it shows that they did good things together on the floor. And that the Magic played well when they were on the floor together. But this game to me is exactly what's wrong with the Magic right now. And exactly what needs to change. These these games have got to be wins. When you get this opportunity to win, to steal a game from one of the best teams in the league and get a confidence-boosting win, you've got to take it. You've got to execute. You've got to stay Focused in on the game plan and not give in to defeat and to frustration. Instead, in the fourth quarter, Toronto ratcheted up their defensive pressure. They made the Magic uncomfortable, and the Magic played right into their hands. They got stagnant. They overdribbled. They took quick shots. They didn't pass the ball. They didn't move. They didn't work together. You can miss shots. If you miss shots, you miss good shots, you can live with it. And the Magic missed their fair share, even in that fourth quarter. But you've got to find a way. You've got to find a way. And you've got to begin learning how to find a way. And that's not what the Magic did on Tuesday night. And so disappointing 93-86 to 86 loss to the, to the Raptors, a game that I feel the Magic certainly should have won. Let's run through your final stats uh, before we move on to uh, the main topic of today's show. Um, Orlando shoots 37 for 90 from the floor, 41.1% from the floor. Through three quarters, though, Orlando was shooting 34 for 71, so 47.9% from the floor. Definitely um, a big dro- excuse me a big drop off there for Orlando. Obviously, when you shoot three for 19, that's what's going to happen. Aaron Gordon returned from the concussion, 16.7 for 15, shooting 2 for 8 from beyond the arc, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. Did a lot of really, really good things, I thought, especially early on. Um, thought he got himself into rhythm really well, attacked well, um, got in transition, which is, I think, a big place where he needs to score more and more and more. Uh, just, just did a lot of the good things you like to see from Aaron Gordon within the flow of the offense. Um he was able to hit a step back. He was able to get the fadeaways to go win. And when he's when he does that, he is a very, very good player. Um, but we also saw what happens when Aaron Gordon is not a very, very good player. Uh, when he over-dribbles. When he's probing and not really dribbling with direction. There's one possession where he started off on the, on the right side of the court. Dribbled through. Tried to dribble move. Dribbled through the paint back out to the left side where players were standing. Dribbled around again. And then ended up just... Giving the ball to Shelvin Mack with about five seconds left on the shot clock and just said, "Here, take it." That's not effective basketball, Aaron Gordon. That's when you got to move the ball. That's when you got to get rid of it. When that first move doesn't work, move the ball. Make the defense shift a little bit. Move get, get get it to the other side of the floor, even so that you can cut along the baseline and maybe set yourself up for a post up. That's the kind of thing that the Magic have to do, um, that Gordon has to do, and that a bad habit that Gordon still falls into from time to time. That possession was especially egregious because it felt like 12 seconds, half the shot clock, with Gordon dribbling the ball. But we see that a lot with him, when, when the Magic are struggling offensively especially. So he really struggled in the fourth quarter especially, missed all four of his shots there. So uh, what was what was a decently good game for Gordon turned into a pretty bad one, unfortunately, or turned into a frustrating one. Jonathan Isaac, though I thought played one of his best games of his career, early career. Ten points, four for seven shooting, two for two from beyond the arc, five rebounds, five steals, two blocks, three turnovers. But Isaac was so active defensively. He is he is really a good defensive player. Like he gets his hand on on deflections and passes. He blocks shots at the rim. Guy when guys drive on him, he I mean he holds his ground as best he can and is able to change shots. And it's not just that he's able to change shots, he's able to create turnovers for his teammates to get out in transition. And that's what really fed the Magic's offense early on, what helped them get control of the game and and stay in control of the game for most of it. When Isaac was in, it was a positive event for Orlando. It was positive. The the Isaac-Gordon lineups especially were always very, very positive. Except for the fourth quarter when the defense got a little bit loose, but it seemed like players were scrambling around really, really well. And Isaac just just made that margin for error very, very, uh, a little bit smaller for Orlando, where they they, they could make a few mistakes and, and were able to recover. That's important, and that, that's a great sign from Isaac. He continues to blossom on the defensive end. And offensively, he took two threes and made them both, shot them confidently. Um, shots that, that Shelvin Mack said earlier in the year, he probably wouldn't have even taken. So the confidence is growing on growing with Isaac. He's not yet attacking so much on the ball. Still playing very much within himself. But when he gets open, he is re- willing to fire and willing to shoot. And, and he's he's a, he's a smart cutter. I, I actually like him in the cutting game. I'd like to see the Magic focus on on implementing a more motion offense so they can get him going and cuts, get him moving off of screens around the paint, just to shift the shift the defense a little bit, make him worry and make him get compact, so you can create open three pointers. Um, I think that's that's something that the Magic should definitely explore because I think Isaac is a very smart cutter. Nikola Vucevic, 15 points, seven for 19 shooting, nine rebounds, three steals for him. Um, Vucevic struggled a lot with a shot, especially early on. Made a few shots late, late later in the game and late in the second half, but overall really inefficient and and and, and difficult night for Vucevic. Um, you, you expect a little bit more from him. You expect him to deliver a little bit more for you on the offensive end, uh, and just he just wasn't able to do that throughout the night. He just was not able to take the magic or take himself to the level that the magic would need if they were going to get a lot out of him or, or if they were going to get um, the most that they could out of him. Um, the, the, the plain fact of the matter is Orlando needs Nikola Vucevic playing efficiently and scoring these numbers. They kept going to him. He took 19 field goal attempts that was the most on the team. But he was missing a lot of shots and and missing a lot of bunnies. And and if he could have gotten those easy shots to go down, maybe it's a different story. Um, In the fourth quarter, giving the ball to Nikola Vucevic in the post or in the high post is supposed to be kind of their surefire pet play. And I think one thing that that fourth quarter really showed was Orlando doesn't have a pet play. They don't have a play they know they can go to, they don't have a player they know they can go to, and get them points, whether it's at the free throw line, creating for someone else, or just scoring themselves. They don't quite have that, and so when they hit that drought, they weren't sure what to do, and you started seeing guys force things, and that's when the Magic got into trouble. So, Vujovic is a guy the Magic are supposed to rely on for that, and they couldn't quite get it to them. They couldn't quite get that. Other notable players, Shelvin Mack, 7 for 16 16 from the floor, 3 for 6, 17 points, 14 of those in the first half. Was really, really good in the first half. Uh, reading the pick and roll and, and creating his own shot made a couple of three-pointers uh, when the defense stucked under the screen. It was it was a very strong game for Shelvin Mack overall. He's playing really, really well, I have to say. Uh, but in the fourth quarter, he was the guy with the ball in his hands, driving to the basket constantly, unable to make layups, unable to make shots, stuck with the ball often um, in sh- late shot clock situations, and that hurt the Magic overall, too. Orlando was just, was just not able to, again, get buckets, get baskets in an easy way. And Shelvin Mack was the one trying to drive the team to that, to that level and, and to, just weren't able to get it going. They just weren't able to get him going um, in the fourth quarter. And it's not necessarily Shelvin's fault. Um, I thought he was taking good shots and, and being smart with the ball. But Orlando needed more, obviously. Orlando just needed a little bit more and they weren't able to get it. Other notable players, D.J. Augustin, 9 points, 10 assists. Mario Azonia, 8 points, 4 for 12 shooting. Again, Orlando shoots 41.1% from the floor, 9 for 25 from beyond the arc, 3 for 5 from the foul line, which was, uh, I think it was a magic low, magic franchise low for points or for free throw attempts as well as free throw makes at 3 for 5. Uh, and Orlando, of course, only scores 10 points in the fourth quarter. They fall to the Toronto Raptors, 93-86. to 86. Kyle Lowry leads the way for them, 25 points, 9 for 17 shooting, 7 for 13 from beyond the arc, 13 points for Serge Ibaka, no DeMar DeRozan in this one, 10 apiece for Dellen Wright and Norman Powell. Again, the Raptors shoot 45.5%, 14 for 36 from beyond the arc, outscore Orlando 25-10 to 10 to take a 93-86 to 86 victory over the Orlando Magic at the Amway Center. And you look at that score, ninety-three to eighty-six, and, and and in this NBA environment where we're seeing record scoring paces and score, offensive ratings and three-point shooting, and, and it's definitely an offensive-minded league. As as a couple people um, yell at me with frustration sometimes, um, a score like this is an anomaly. Unfortunately, for the last two weeks, score lines like this for the Magic have not been abnormal. Orlando. For the last seven games, has failed to hit 90 points five times. The Magic, predictably, have the worst offensive rating and the worst field goal percentage in that time. Some of that, and most of that, actually, is because of Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier being out. Of course, they've missed the last. Of course, Evan Fournier has missed the last five, uh, six games now. Aaron Gordon's missed the last five, missed five before coming back in this one. So being down your top two scores, yeah, your offense is going to suffer. But to have an offensive rating at 95 points per 100 possessions is not going to get the job done, obviously. And the offense was flowing really, really well in this game. And then all of a sudden, it just stopped. The spigot just stopped. And the question now is, why did this happen? What caused the Magic's offense to hit the brakes, and just stop. This is a very, very big question for the Magic to answer. This is a very, very big question that they need to to figure out because obviously the, the year goes on, the season goes on, and you've got to be able to score points. That is the name of the game after all. Getting Aaron Gordon back is going to help, obviously, Nikola Vucevic just hit a little bit of a shooting slump as well. He's had some difficult games. Jonathan Simmons being out, he had a wrist injury, suffered in practice uh, on Monday. That hurt the Magic offensively for sure because he's someone that can create a little bit, get to the foul line, force his way to the basket. Um, Orlando definitely doesn't have great offensive players. No one's expecting the Magic to be a great offensive team. But you still expect them to play at a certain level and at least be... Quasi-functioning, and the fourth quarter on Tuesday was once again a sign of how much the Magic are struggling right now. Gotta execute, you know, not get sped up, you know, keep our composure and, and as, a, as a unit, put the ball through the basket. Aaron Gordon was not the only one to talk about executing at a higher level. And really that's what games come down to is whether you can get the shots that you're looking for. Create good shots consistently. That's that's what this game is about. It's a you know, Stan Van Gundy would always say it's a make or miss league. You can deal with it if it comes down to making or missing. You can't deal with it if it's you can you can accept and move on from losses if it's just about making or missing shots. You can't deal with it if it's about poor execution, if you're not getting the good looks. It's it's a process over results thing. And, you know, largely Frank Vogel kind of said this too, that he feels that the Magic are getting good shots, that the Magic are working hard, and I, I agree with that. They are generally working hard and playing hard. Um, But the shots aren't falling right now. And so when the shot... But so the question then becomes what happens when the shots aren't falling? Well, we've seen this with the Magic now. They tend to let go of the rope defensively. They tend to struggle to, to kind of work together. You see them get panicky. You see them get a little bit jumpy. You see them get sped up, as Gordon put it. And the team is unable to get over the hump. And these are characteristics of bad teams. And yes, the Magic are a bad team. Fourth worst record in the league. So we're not going to pretend that all of a sudden they're going to magically be good pun intended they will have their moments because they're an nba team and they've got talent but it's about consistency and it's about learning how to respond to adversity and right now the magic have struggled to respond to this adversity and figure out their way out yeah it's about decision decision making and execution you know whether it's spacing or working to get open uh, screening to get teammates open and then making good decisions you know with whatever the defense th- throws at you. you know if you're getting pressured,, yeah, you gotta move the ball on. Uh, if you're getting to the rim and uh, you don't have a, a clean look at the rim, you know you gotta throw it out. and you gotta make better decisions, you know I mean it's just about a, about execution. Right now, we would seem the magic are not making the right decisions in these moments. They're trying to force their way to the basket and not doing it effectively or getting to the foul line when they do it. They're letting shot blockers dictate their, sh- their shots a little bit, little bit too much. They're not finding that next pass, that extra pass. They're not making the open shots when they get them. And obviously, if you can't put the ball in the basket, you're not going to win. Tuesday's game was an extreme example. The fourth quarter of that game, an extreme example of the team's diff- struggles on offense in general. We know that this is a team that struggles to break down teams off the dribble, has struggled offensively in many, many aspects. Struggled to get to the foul line on occasion, although this year has been better than, the last, than many of the last five. This is a team that's struggling to score right now. That doesn't quite trust each other enough, I think was the way Shelvin Mack put it. They have to regain the trust in each other, especially as players come back from injury and the lineup stays unsettled. As Max said, though, it is not an excuse. Orlando has to find a way. They don't have to necessarily keep pace and score 120 points per game, but when you give up 93 points to one of the best offensive teams in the league, even without DeMar DeRozan, you have to put yourself in a position to win the game. When you're up eight in the fourth quarter, heading into the fourth quarter at home, you have to at least be confident enough and together enough to keep working through the offense and find an easy basket, to find that next pass to get the easy, to get the basket. The Magic's offense is struggling right now. There is no getting around it. They're struggling incredible, incredibly right now, and it's seen in the raw numbers just as it's seen in the analytics. The Magic don't have a great offense to begin with, 25th in the league in offensive rating overall. So it's A little too much maybe to expect dramatic improvement. But they're certainly better than what they're showing right now. And without showing that improvement, the Magic are going to continue to struggle and maybe suffer more disheartening defeats like this one. I want to thank you all again for joining me on today's episode of Locked on Magic. And of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore omd And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Always happy to answer your magic questions and interact with you. In general, plenty coming up on the site at orlandomagicdaily.com. Tracy McGrady was inducted into the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame. I'll have a recap of what he said there, uh, as well as some other comments from McGrady during his availability in the coming days. But on Orlando Magic Daily right now, you can check out the... Uh, top five or at least five great performances from Tracy McGrady in a Magic uniform as we look back on his career very, very briefly uh, ahead of his Hall of Fame induction. Congrats to Tracy McGrady on that. Very, very well-deserved. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already on iTunes, Stitcher. Tune in, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. If you have not already, also be sure to subscribe to Locked On NBA for Thursday's episode of Locked On NBA when David Locke sits down with Commissioner Adam Silver. I'm looking forward to this episode. I hope you are too. should be a fantastic interview, as, as every interview David does on Locked On NBA and, and, and everything on Locked On NBA is, a, is fantastic as you get uh, experts from around the league talking about the big stories in the league, as well as the local experts like me talking about the big stories and what's going on with their teams on a national scale. Definitely a valuable resource for the playoffs. You can subscribe to that. Locked on NBA on iTunes as well. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode. Once again, the final score, the Toronto Raptors 93, the Orlando Magic 86. We'll have more on this game, as well as looking ahead to the Magic's game against the Philadelphia 76ers on Thursday's episode of Locked on Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Reich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.